0: We are launching a series called The Kingdom of Heaven is Like. And uh, and the reason why we're we're cracking this idea open is simply this, I think about heaven a lot. Uh, I wonder what it's going to be like. Um, I imagine it all the time. And Jesus in Matthew chapter 13 said, the kingdom of heaven is like, he said that seven times. And he described it. Now, what's really cool is we're going to talk about how Jesus described the nature and the culture of the kingdom of heaven uh, over a period of seven messages. But what's cool is on October the 2nd, we'll have Don Piper here and we can ask him, all right, what did you see and and what did you experience? And it's going to be a really cool moment. But let's dive right into the very first story uh, that that Jesus shared. The kingdom of heaven, uh, Matthew chapter 13, verse 24, reads like this. There is another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer. Everybody say a farmer a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But that night, as the workers slept, his enemy came and planted seeds among the wheat, then slipped away. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's workers went to him and said, Sir, the field Uh, I'm sorry, sir, the field where you planted that good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? An enemy has done this, the farmer exclaimed. Should we pull out the weeds, they asked. No, he said, you'll uproot the wheat if you do. Let both grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them in bundles, and burn them, and to put the wheat in the barn. So fascinating. What what the Lord is saying is, He's saying this. The kingdom of heaven is is like a, a big field. And in that field, there are some of those the, the, there's there 's christians there 's believers and and that 's who the wheat are in this story it, so this is what the kingdom of heaven is like it 's like this big field with wheat with Christians with believers now in that field there 's also weeds now weeds let me describe what a weed is a, a weed is a a person who professes to believe. They say they're Christians. They say they are. They genuinely believe they are, but they're not. Let me share with you. They're actually deceived people that do evil. Now watch this. This is a, uh, a, a kind of some bullet points on what weeds look like. A weed is a skeptic who scatters doubt among believers. So we got a, a room full of believers in this room. And maybe we have people in this room that you're just uncertain. You're, you're exploring. You want to know what the truth is. And so you're kind of exploring. You're wondering. And that's why you're here. And I'm glad you're here. But just for the sake of the illustration, let's say this room is full of believers this room is full of people who believe in Jesus Christ. You guys would be considered wheat. Now, if all of a sudden... Um, uh, uh, David, come on up here real quick. If, if, if the enemy is saying, Okay, uh, we got a lot of believers in one space. I don't really like that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put some weeds. I'm going to place a weed within the field with the believers. So he puts them there. Thank you so much. Nice shirt. So he goes in, and he's sitting there. This is what a weed, this is how a weed thinks. They're typically skeptical, and they scatter doubt among believers. They say they're Christians, but they're very skeptical about everything having to do with Christianity. They're... Hot arguments with cold hearts. Have you ever met anybody like this? They have clever arguments with revelations that nobody else seems to have. Have you ever met anybody like this? They're quick to talk about God, but they don't ever cry out to God. These are weeds. Now I'm going to talk about this at the end, but the parable says don't try to pick them out. Don't say you're a weed, you're wheat. You're a weed, you're wheat. You're a real believer. You profess to be a believer, but you're really not. You don't try to pick them out because we as humans we can't tell the difference. We don't have the ability to tell the difference because. When we're floated that information, I'm a Christian, well, who are we to say, no, you're not? So we just got to kind of back up and take people's word for it. Now, what's interesting is that Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 17, he says, in the following directives, I have no praise for you, for your meetings do more harm than good. So he had this anointing to be able to know that there are some believers that when they get together, they're so skeptical, they're so negative, they're so pompous, they actually do more harm than they do good. And so these are weeds. So when, when Jesus says, let me tell you what the kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven, um, it, it's like all of my children are in a field. There's a, a bunch of wheat in a field. They're all believing in me. But there are some in the field that are weeds. They act like they believe in me, they say they do, but they really don't. And so let's begin to unpack this thought. Uh, The Bible says that it was at night when the enemy crept into the field and sowed the seeds for the wheat. It was at night, so he snuck in. The workers were sleeping. He snuck in and he put in weeds, seeds. It's so interesting. When I was reading it, I thought, oh my goodness. And then I underlined in the night. And I, it took me about a day and a half to unpack this. I was online, typing online, typing online, typing online. And, and I kept on asking the question different ways. Have you ever searched on Google and you asked the question and then you re-ask the question a different way and then you re-ask the question a different way? I kept on asking it a whole bunch of different ways because I had a hunch and it was confirmed that evil mostly happens at night. Adultery takes place at night. Not always, but most of the time it happens at night. Murders mostly happen at night, robberies mostly happen at night. Have you ever noticed that concerts are at night? Don't hear what I'm not saying. I go to concerts. I enjoy concerts. But there's an element to music that when you get wrapped up in it, you begin to rest your guard and open your spirit. That's what happens when you come in and and you hear music in the sanctuary, you Lay your guard down and you open your spirit. Music is a very powerful, powerful thing. In fact, there's one quote that I heard that said, the government can write the laws and I'm going to write the music and I'm going to rule the world. I can't remember who said that. Does anyone who remember who said it? Uh, I wish I knew I was going to refer to that quote, but I, uh, I would have I wrote it down. But music has a way of owning people's spirits. And so it's at night. Uh, there was an artist formerly known as Prince that wouldn't start his concert until one o'clock in the morning. It's been noted that when you go to a concert, let's say you go see Billy Joel at the Cynthia Woods Pavilion. If you would have went to go see Billy Joel ten years ago, his show would have started at eight. Now, if you go to the Cynthia Woods Pavilion, there's a pre-show, 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 pre-show. pre-show. And then Billy Joel actually gets up there around 10.30. Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. What we've realized is that the later into the night we go, the more susceptible we are to engage into the music. The more susceptible we are to open us up. Have you ever gone to a party at 1 o'clock in the afternoon? That isn't a kid's party at Chuck E. Cheese's. Uh, Parties are at night. People get drunk typically at night. It's at night. Let me just say this. When people look at pornography, most of the time it's at night. When people get angry with their spouses, typically it's at night. Uh, When people go to bars, typically it's at night. Now, some of you may say, ah, there might be one weed in the room. We got a bunch of wheat here, but there might be one weed in the room that goes, we work during the day. Well, you don't work on Saturday and Sunday, do you? We don't have concerts at the Cynthia Woods Pavilion at three in the afternoon. Uh, Why don't we have Christmas parties in the afternoon? New Year's is a whole day celebration. Why do we have a New Year's Eve party, not a New Year's afternoon party? Why do we have a Christmas Eve party but not a Christmas Eve party in the afternoon. There's something that happens at night. Do you know that there's more thunderstorms that happen at night than during the day? There's certain things that typically happen at night. When Jesus was teaching the disciples, he said, watch And pray. In other words, while you're praying, keep an eye on everything in your life. Keep an eye on it. We gotta be careful at night. Curfews are a great idea. How many of you remember when you were in high school what you did at night? What you did in college at night? How many believe that I'm telling the truth when I say that my kids will never go outside when the streetlights come on? I say that, but it's like I was an awesome parent until I had kids. (laughs) It's a lot easier to say it than to actually do it. But the reality is we've got to be careful at night. If you're taking notes, it's at night when the evil does its greatest work. People typically get more depressed at night than at, say, 2 o'clock in the afternoon we got to be careful at what happens at night. And so the enemy snuck in at night and and began to... Remember, we're not talking about vegetables here. We're talking about people. Wheat are believers. Uh, Weeds are people who claim to be believers, but they do more evil than good. It's at night where the enemy begins to come in and place people who appear to be like you... But they're actually sent to hurt you. And so they get planted at night. Um, watch this. Uh, let's begin to unpack this. The Bible says that when the, the wheat begin to grow, then the weeds begin to grow. Have you ever experienced that when things are finally starting to go good, all of a sudden something bad happens? You finally get a job, and then something bad happens. You finally get a raise, and your tire blows out. You you, you finally get a girl, and you find out she's crazy. (laughs) You just, you finally... Uh, it's just all of a sudden, it's like, and, and that's exactly what this parable is saying. It's saying as the wheat grow, as the children of God grow, the enemy comes to combat that growth, to stop that growth, to pull you back. I want to tell you, when you feel like bad things are happening, I know it's tempting to just bury yourself into a bucket of bluebell. I know. I'm just going to eat bluebell and chase glasses of Chardonnay. I, 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 I know it seems like, why did you just say that? There's so many kids that are playing that Pokemon Go thing where they go around and they look for like things. And, and I saw a commercial the other day uh, where instead of the kids looking around for these little Pokemon figures everywhere, uh, it was adults going around looking for glasses of Chardonnay. Um, <laughs> But anyway, I probably didn't need that. But the, 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 the reality is, is that when, when all of this is, is beginning to happen, whenever we're backing up and we're saying, okay, things are finally starting to go good. See, uh, uh, write this down. The shadow side of growth is adversity. The enemy will not back up and watch you do well in life and not respond. When the enemy sees believers growing, when the enemy sees believers doing well, there is a reaction that takes place to try to slow, stop, and kill that momentum. In in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 9, it says, because of a great door of opportunity, there was an enemy that formed itself against me. Oftentimes, an enemy, Satan, will look and see, oh my goodness, a door of opportunity has presented itself. There's a new relationship. There's a new business deal. There's a new opportunity. And the enemy will respond by placing someone in your life that is a weed, that is skeptical, that is negative, that is, that will, that will pull you down. They're not recognizable at first. Um, The enemy's not going to send a baboon to try to draft you away. He's going to send somebody that's like you that can draw you away. Does anyone have anyone in your life that you look back into your life five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and you think to yourself, that person was nuts. That person was crazy. That, oh my goodness, it's, thank God they're not in my life anymore. Raise your hand. That was a weed. That was a weed sent to pull and to drag you down. And so just know that when you're experiencing growth, when you're experiencing advancement, when good things are happening, a weed will oftentimes come. Don't let the weeds consume your attention. Don't let them do that. Don't let them be a distraction. Let me say this as well. The servants walked up and said, where did these weeds come from? Where did these people come from? It's it's so interesting. If you're taking notes, anyone can see evil growing, but it takes a prayerful person to see evil sowing. See, after bad is already happening, when your life is in the toilet or something bad has taken place, after it's already going... It's not very hard to go, man, things are going bad right now. Duh. <laughs> Welcome to, where, where, where have you been sleeping? But it takes a prayerful person to say, hold on a minute. That's not going to end up well. Hold on a minute. That, there's something about that person I just don't trust. I've got a friend of mine who's uh, in sales, and he does very well. He does very, very, very well. He makes a lot of money. He was telling me this story. He was sitting in this deal, and as he was sitting across the table, uh, the person that he was having the business dealing with started throwing things into the deal uh, that were really good. And, And The first time he added something to the deal that was really good, he thought, man, that was really nice of him. And then about 10 minutes later, he added something else to the deal. And he thought, oh my goodness, this guy's really generous. He did it a third time. Added something else to the deal that he wasn't even negotiating for. That third time he went, hold on a minute here. Something doesn't feel right. And he actually closed up his books, stood up shook his hand and walked out and left the deal on the table two weeks later the guy that he was negotiating with his whole company crumbled and went to pot and when he began to reverse engineer the appointment he realized that the guy that was throwing things into the deal he already knew his company was going down and he just wanted one more sale before it was over you see it takes a prayerful person. You know how I say all the time, never stop praying, pray in your mind, pray in your heart, pray when you're walking to your car, pray when you're driving your car, pray all the time. Because there's got to be that sense of the Holy Spirit that whispers to you and says, something's not right. right. See, anybody can back up and go, that went wrong. Well, <laughs> thanks. It's a whole different ballgame to be able to go, something's not right. Ladies, when you meet that single guy, and he's like, hey girl, how are you? you... you know, I... He's like, what's going on, baby? So so how you doing? How, how you doing? How you doing? Talk to me. How you doing? You need to be like, How many of you ladies say, I've heard that game before? You might be good looking and you might have a sports car, but you're in debt and you like to steal things and you're a liar. Ladies, don't ever forget this. They're single for a season and then they're single for a reason. Write that down. Write that down. Tweet that. Make that a bumper sticker, somebody. <laughs> Some of the single guys are like, I won't be back here. I'm going to go check out those other 61 churches you were talking about. <laughs> so the servant said, where, where did they come from? And, 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 and the Lord said, look, you didn't do anything wrong. The, the enemy did this. The enemy came in. And, and he said, look, don't. Don't try to get people that are claiming to be believers. Don't try to go kick them out of your life. Um, You know, on your don't don't go look down your row and go. I don't know about that guy in the blue shirt. I think we need to get this guy out of here. Uh, Don't go trying to pull people out of your life because if you go around telling people, I don't think you're really a Christian. I don't think you're really a Christian. I don't think you're really a Christian. We'll make a mistake. We'll make a mistake. There's one person in particular that made a mistake. King Henry VIII had, and his eldest daughter was Queen Mary Tudor. In 1953, she became the Queen of England. She was such a staunch Catholic that she arranged for every single Protestant to not just be killed, but to be burned at the stake. Not to be beheaded, to be burned. She was only queen for five years, and during that span, she burnt people that were Protestants. It's incredibly sad. And so now when they refer back to her, they don't call her Queen Mary, they actually call her Bloody Mary, hence the Bloody Mary drink that I have right here. <laughs> it's just V8, so nobody asks for it, okay? I got this lame old uh, celery stick in there. Um, I I was told in the first service that I'm supposed to have an olive too, but um, all I got is celery, so let's just work with it. (laughs) From now on, every time you hear about a Bloody Mary drink, if you see a Bloody Mary drink, the thought crosses your mind, Bloody Mary drink. I want you to think about this. I want it to represent something different than maybe it ever has. I want you to remember this sermon. And I want you to think, okay, there are people that could be in my life right now that claim to be Christians, but they're really not. I need to be mindful of that. And I'm going to let God handle it. I'm going to let God handle it. I'm just going to let God handle it. Why do we need to let God handle it? See, we'll make a mistake if we try to pluck and pull people. Uh, let me, I know I gave a bunch of bullet points on what a, a weed looks like. I said that they were skeptical. They're typically negative. They like to spread dissension. But just from a, a physical standpoint, do you know that if you walk into a field of wheat and there's a whole bunch of weeds, you walk into a big field, you, your, your, your eye, even your good eye, you know the good one that you, that you can see really good with when the doctor's like, tell me what you see, and you're like, uh, even your good eye, Next time you do that, by the way, just walk up and go, Made in China. <laughs> uh, anyway, but if you walk <laughs> if if you walk if you walk into a field and you see wheat and you see weeds, it's very difficult to tell the difference between the two. The only way that you can tell the difference is once the wheat begins to actually have that bulb and begins to bear seeds, it gets heavy at the tip of it and the head of the wheat begins to bow down, it begins to hang over. Whereas the wheat stay very erect, very erect, just very almost proud. And it's very interesting because people who are genuine believers should have an air of humility to themselves. Whereas people who claim to be believers, but they're really not, they kind of know everything. And they're kind of smarter than everybody else. And they kind of know the inside track to everything. Those are weeds. Don't point at them and say, you're a weed. Don't do that. That won't go good. They'll they'll wrap their weedy arms around your neck and it won't be good. (laughs) But the Lord says, look, the time is coming. Don't you worry about it. I know the difference. And I'm going to send my servants, which are angels. And they're going to take all these weeds. They're going to take all these people that claim to be believers and they're not. And the only thing they've ever done is try to pull people down and be negative and be skeptical. I'm going to take all those people. I'm going to bound them up all together. I'll actually read it to you. It's, 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 it shakes your spirit. Bind them in bundles. Put like with like, sinner with like sinner, to burn them. So in other words, you, you may have been trying to fake people out, but I know all along, y- your heart was never really committed to me. You had, a, the Bible calls it, a different kind of gospel. Oh, we don't have to listen to every scripture in the Bible. We don't have to listen to everything the Bible says because we can listen to these things. We don't have to listen to those things. That's a different kind of gospel. Um, The Bible says that he will take those people and bound them up and burn them. What am I telling you? Why am I talking about this this morning? Because the kingdom of heaven is made up of all of the believers That we learn to recognize weeds. We learn to recognize them. Not recognize them as far as like you're a weed, you're not a weed. We learn to be sensitive to the fact that we have got to be laser focused on God, on believers. Because the enemy is planting relationships into our life all the time. There are times where I wonder, man, I don't know. I don't know if this person is a, a real believer. I don't know if there's not a real believer. I'm just called to love everybody, so I'm going to keep on loving everybody. But God, you're going to have to work this out. Do you know there's sometimes people will come into the church and they'll say things and I'm going, man, gosh, I, you sound like a believer. I, but then again, you don't. And I'll back up and I'll say, God, you need to deal with this because I don't know. And all of a sudden, I'll get an email. Pastor Frankie, we're not coming back to that church anymore. I'm like, okay. Yeah. You just got to pray about it. You got to pray about it. You got to deal with it. Just pray about it and back up. But don't forget this. You are God's own. And he loves you so much that every single mistake that you have ever done in your life he backs up and he says the payment for that has already been taken care of I love you I'm crazy about you do you know in Jeremiah 29 11 it says I know the plans that I have for you do you know what that means and I didn't say this in the first service so I feel like I need to say this right now The plans is a plural word. So when you back up and you say, I messed up the plan. He's got another plan to get you to the destination that he's got you in. When you're driving your car, when you're driving your car and you got Surrey talking to you because you don't ever hold your phone while you drive, right? Surrey is talking to you, and Surrey says, take a right turn, and you take a left, do you pull your car over and go, ah, I'm never going to make it, I'm never going to make it? (laughs) Do you do that? If you do, I want to introduce to you Pastor James, he's our marriage and family counselor. (laughs) I don't know if he can help you, but but what, what do you do? What do you do? You just listen to the next step. And it just says, please pull a U turn at your earliest convenience. And you pull that U turn. And God is the exact same way. He's saying, I've got plans. I'm going to get you to your destination. I love you. I'm passionate about you. But be careful. Be careful of the weeds. Be careful. Stay laser focused. If you have somebody in your life that takes everything about Scripture and kind of waters it down and puts a unique spin on it and they're just a little bit smarter than everybody else, be very careful because you are His treasured children. Treasured. And you are what the kingdom of heaven It's going to be like.